uh, snippets of video and, and uh, walkthroughs, you know, to help people just sort of like figure out how to do things. We've gone so far beyond the one original like M&A due diligence space that like now we're at a point where we have to really know, okay, what is this user trying to do right now so we can help them get onboarded and, and really adopted for, for a wider variety of use cases, some of those, you know, compliance or other types of areas that we're in now. Um, so, uh, you know, without, I, I wish I could say there was the one thing, uh, but it's, it's definitely very um, context specific, especially as you, as you start to hit different, different types of uh, workflows with different practice groups and different lawyers doing different things. Um, I, I want to ask another question. Ten years ago, I was working with one of the original legal tech companies called LegalZoom. And one of our big challenges was that the state bar organizations were afraid of legal tech and afraid of what we were going to do uh, to disrupt the market. And so they attacked us with lawsuits, uh, uh, calling us unauthorized practitioners of law, UPL and, and all sorts of things. Um, Tell me if, if today, you know, the, the regulators of lawyers, uh, bar associations or, or, or the, the like, are they helpful or are they hurtful to the adoption of the tools that you have? And I'll start with you, uh, uh, Steve, because you've been around the longest, I think. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, um, uh, yeah, I actually thoughts about this. Uh, the there are times, of course, when the regulators can can be unhelpful, right? Like there, I think now though, uh, the regulators have done, done a lot of work to understand machine learning and artificial intelligence and what it's actually doing, right? Um, we have been involved. I personally have been involved in the ABA, uh, specifically the Mergers and Acquisitions Committee, for about a, a decade now, actually since before I, I joined Kira. Um, and it was one. It was a really uh, exciting moment when they created a technology in. M&A subcommittee that actually was digging into these ethical questions specifically um, in the practice of M&A. Um, and they were pretty confident, the people who were in that group, uh, maybe because they were Kira users, they were, uh, many of them, uh, pretty confident that it wasn't an unauthorized practice of law issue at all, because after all, the lawyer still reviews or chooses to review or puts disclaimers on the Kira analysis so that it's clear to everybody that it's not that. They were actually much more interested in things like confidentiality, movement, moving to the cloud, you know, who owns the intellectual property in the um, training that goes in, our product allows you to train your own machine learning models, right, to find uh, very practice specific clauses. If you, if, you know, if you practice in a specialized area, maybe you need to train, I always like to use the example of hospital mergers, you know, like something that, um, you know, there's, there's some firms that are very, very specialized yeah. in want to like be able to go and train uh, regulatory, like uh, Kira to find regulatory language. Well, that stuff, who owns that, right? And so they're very, they're actually working on guidance right now on this top, on this uh, range of topics, right? From what you should ask for, from for cloud security to who should own, you know, the data and then the resulting analysis that comes out of these systems. Um, so happy to go deeper into that, but it's, I actually think they're a friend, right? Like, I think it's very important that the ABA be educated and be um, in, in, involved in educating lawyers about these topics. You, you absolutely nailed it. And I want to give a shout out to my friend, Chaz Rampenthal, who was general counsel at LegalZoom and really made it his job to be the ambassador to all the regulators and to try and, you know, establish positive relationships and, and, and drive adoption and cooperation. And, and Steve, um, I think that all of these legal tech tools, you need to sell at the top, but you need to drive adoption at the bottom. And, and you've got to find ways to connect with the younger lawyers and, and teach them not to be afraid of your 
product, but to differentiate themselves based on how good they are at using your product. Because in the end, uh, I think technology makes humans better. It doesn't make them uh, irrelevant. Um, Alex, where do you see the product roadmap? Uh, well, Olga, in a, in, a short, in a short bullet point, regulators, helpful or hurtful to your business? And how do you engage or not engage? I think I'm, I'm a lot with Steve here. It sounds like Steve and I will develop really, and Alex, a really close friendship because we seem to be agreeing quite a lot. Um, look, I, I, uh, CLM is, is not like a totally new thing. The CLMs have been a while of, around for a little while. It's just they've been evolving and, 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 and there is still some legacy technology out there um, that you know I will not be naming names. Uh, but uh, that, that may be not necessarily quite 21st century. Uh, and, but I'm grateful for the, for the, uh, to following the footsteps of great leaders who uh, now cemented CLM as a must-have technology. And it's really just a question of, of providing the technology that is top of the art, that is useful, actionable, delightful, easy to use, and, and all of that. Uh, with respect to AI, it's a, it's, a, it's a slightly different question. Again, very similar to what Steve alluded. Um, and you know, I think at this point, uh, we're also grateful for, for CEOs who, uh, and, and, and other professionals who've been interacting. And I think what, even before the pandemic, definitely with pandemic, there is understanding that technology is a part of our life. And I think the discussion has shifted from the un unauthorized practice of law, UPL, I guess, uh, a very, it sounds like a derogatory term, um, to a more of a conversation about what your duties are, which I think is a much more appropriate conversation. We're lawyers, we're licensed by our states. We have duty of confidentiality, we have duty of competence, we have a whole lot of duties and uh, understanding what it means in the context of any technology, including disruptive technology such as AI. That's something that bars can do to educate us and work with us to develop guidelines and we absolutely should. I think this approach of, of, of kind of uh, explaining our duties, expanding on them, uh, that shift is, is really helpful. And I, I think a lot of people will welcome it. I love it. We're, we're running out of time. Alex, tell us where the AI in, in the law is moving. You're, you're the techie on our panel. What's next on your product roadmap? And, and uh, how do you develop a product when you're trying to drive adoption? I'll, I'll be quick with that. Uh, because we're running out of time. So uh, there are two types of uh, approaches for uh, automation. One is enhancing automation and one is replacing automation. The replacing, you replace people or processes that people are doing. And enhancing is where you make people do more with less. We are fo we at Zero focusing on enhancing people's ability to do more with less and spend time on billable stuff rather than uh, um, things that uh, consume a lot of your time. And on the other hand, we are focusing on its so-called small automation. In isolation, filing emails, doing your time capturing or document productivity is a small thing, but uh, in isolation. But if you uh, combine them together during one day, there might be four hours of time you spend on doing those things. So we are uh, going to uh, basically enhance people's ability to uh, process this, uh, this thing faster and better. So that's what we're focusing on, uh, adding more things to that uh, under this umbrella. And uh, finally, you know, quickly for each of you, how much does it cost to use your product? Do you, you sell a, a per seat license or is it a, a fixed 
is it is it by gigabyte of use? T tell me, what's the best way of doing this, Olga? Uh, we sell per seat, um, and uh, we are very cost effective. Uh, we're very uh, competitive with with our competitors. Yes. Uh, so ours is is based on the expected volume of use uh, for a firm, basically annual subscription. Love it. How about you, Alex? Um, I would say it this way: we we are very expensive not to be used. So the cost <laughs> of not using zero is absolutely tremendously expensive. Nailed it, Alex. Nailed it. Um, you know, I think we're at the end of our of our uh, of our allotted time, and we've answered the questions on the Q and A. Um, I want to thank each of our panelists for joining, and uh, we will definitely follow up uh, by email with a, a copy of the recording and and Steve's very awesome slides. And I encourage uh, everyone to reach out to Olga, Alex, and Steve directly to learn more about their their products and and how they can uh, better drive efficiency, accuracy, and and lower cost. Thanks very much, everyone.